2: This is a crowd podcast.
0: This episode is sponsored by George. George's favourite beetle is John Lennon, which is possibly strange, bearing in mind that he actually shares his name with one of the other three beetles. But anyway, his favourite tree is a mahogany,
1: a hardwood.
0: To be more like George, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show and grow the show. Here's the jingle. Grow the show. If you know Joe and Tom for everyone, I'll oh, spread the word. Have you heard Joe Marla show?
2: Joe Marla show. Hello and welcome to our show. I am Joe Marla and I say this all the time, can't you just say your own name? Why do I have to say your name?
0: Well, I'll do it if you want, but you just it's your show, Joe. you open it out.
2: I know, but I've already said my name. Hello, I'm Joe Marler, and you go next,
0: all right, and I'm Tom Fordyce. <laughs> do you remember in last week's episode, Joe, when we came across the phrase to blow smoke up someone's ass and we couldn't work out why this was a good thing, like who would actually want smoke blown up their ass? Who would want to blow smoke up anyone's ass, whether you're the one who's getting smoked? or the one doing the smoking. It didn't seem a particularly good thing. Well, we've had a message from Dara. Dara says to blow smoke up someone's ass is a good thing because it used to be the de facto medical procedure to <laughs> to try and resuscitate fuck <laughs> off. Oh <God. laughs> to try and resuscitate people in the 17th century. Fuck oh off. No. It was so commonly believed that there used to be a <laughs> There used to be equipment hanging along the Thames like life boys. Like what fuck off. But two questions here, Joe. Even in the seventeenth century, they must have realized that you breathe mainly in and out of your mouth and nose. So why why, why would blowing anything up your ass help? You're not a football. And also, like no one breathes smoke. <laughs> so if you were gonna blow something up someone's ass, why not just blow air?
2: Is this real?
0: I think it's real. <laughs>
2: do they do it do they do it like like a blowpipe yeah yeah. or is it like a
0: (laughs) the other thing that confuses me about this joke is when they said this was the de facto medical procedure to try and resuscitate people like clearly it's never fucking worked (laughs) It's at no point in the 17th century as someone died and then whether they're along the Thames or anywhere else that someone has lit something to get the smoke, inhaled the smoke themselves, blown it up the arse and then the person suddenly got zzz, and reanimated and go,
2: fuck, what, whoa, what happened there? I still don't understand though why it's a good thing. If you put that in context, it's like someone's dead.
0: <laughs> Is it that if you believe that blowing smoke up your arse would help that it would be a good thing. It would be like, listen, you you were in a bit of a state before, i.e. you were dead. Now you're dead with a smoky ring piece.
2: I'm just... (laughs) I'm looking... Right, I've Googled it. (laughs) So I don't know know why I do stuff like this. One of the earliest reports of such a practice took place in England in 1746, when a woman was left unconscious (laughs) after nearly drowning. Her husband allegedly took the suggestion of administering a tobacco enema to revive her, a practice that was rising in popularity at the time as a possible answer to the frequent local instances of drowning. Left with little choice, the man took a tobacco-filled pipe, inserted the stem into his wife's rectum, and, well, blew a bunch of smoke up there. As strange as it may sound today, it reportedly worked the hot embers of tobacco leaf jolting the wife back into consciousness, and the practice grew quickly from there. Fuck <laughs> off, mate. She's not dead. She's just half unconscious or having a nap because she's drowned a bit. Can you imagine getting an ember in your ass and you burnt your arsehole? You're like, ah, of course you're going to wake up. That's not got anything to do with the
0: blowing of the smoke. Imagine being a bloke who's having a nice, he's gone out for a walk and he's just puffing away on his pipe. As he walks down by the water, I and mean, then suddenly this bloke runs over, snatches the pipe out of his hand, and just he's going, Oi, what are you doing with my pipe? Oye. He rams his pipe, the stem of his pipe, the mouthpiece of his pipe, he rams it up the arse of a woman. Give pipe.
2: What are you doing with my pipe?
0: Ridiculous. <laughs> I like the fact as well that just this phrasing you used there, her husband took the suggestion of administering a tobacco enema to revive her. Imagine again, just being, you just watched this woman probably drown. And rather than putting your arm around this bloke or going, oh, my God, you just go, you know what, mate? You could try. We try tobacco <laughs> and enema. See what happens.
2: Uh, why the fuck are we talking about this? How's this leading on to whatever we're meant to be leading on to? I don't think it is really, Joe, but it was a message from Dara. Well, I'd like to thank Daragha immensely for that fact.
0: Fair enough. Joe, would you like to do a shout out to Matt Williams?
2: Yeah, I'd do a shout out. Um, his <laughs> Shout out to Matt Williams who has bought his wife a uh, tobacco enema uh, for whenever she drowns. <laughs> no, seriously.
0: They do it on red letter days these days. You can get it from red letter days. It comes in a car with a little picture of a of a lit pipe and you can go and fulfill that voucher
2: whenever you choose. Hey to all you romantics out there, we got Valentine's coming up and we are getting you a fifty percent discount on tobacco enemas <laughs> sold by the Golden Virginia uh tobacco (laughs) ducks. fuck knows where i'm going with this let's just go to the shout out now okay a big shout out to matt williams who's bought a joe marler show t-shirt for his son And I would suggest that is very good parenting. Well done, Matt.
0: Oh, Joe, what I remember as well. So something else about last week's episode with BJ. Oh, here we go. Do you remember how BJ said he he once ate toothpaste instead of tomato puree? Or he put toothpaste in a beef burger he was making rather than tomato puree. So listen, (laughs) BJ, he's been back in touch with another update. Listen to this. Today I was making porridge. Nothing special about that. I usually put frozen berries in it as well to add some vitamins. So I sat down to eat my porridge, often resplendent with strawberries and raspberries. I took a spoonful and thought, tastes odd. I took another spoonful and nearly puked as I had bitten into a (laughs) semi-frozen Brussels sprout. (laughs) He says, I hate sprouts at the best of times, but I keep a bag in the freezer because my partner, for some weird reason, enjoys tasting Satan's hemorrhoids. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is out of order now this is out of order i'm sorry bj um, that you've gone through that with a sprout but you, you just have to be more careful in future i'm afraid should
0: we get a guest on show?
2: yes please can we get someone on enough of this nonsense our guest today is a weatherman is it weatherman or weatherman both work for me this is the worst start you've ever done to a
0: podcast, Joe.
2: <laughs> I'm shattered. I am shattered. I'm sorry. I am shattered. Trying to work out the kids' schooling. It's, I'm coming back. I'm back in it now. You ready? We could just admire his suit more. Are these clouds or flowers on your t-shirt? On your shirt?
1: They're little flowers. Oh, look at this. Oh, my God. How weird is this You're in the bunk bed? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, welcome to the bunk bed. Yeah. Very peculiar, this, isn't it? Never done a podcast from a bunk bed before, but here we go. Our guest today
2: is a weatherman. His name is Awine Wyn Evans. I think I've got it right.
1: Awine? Perfect. I've it sounds it. like you're Welsh. It sounds like you're from Llanelli. I loved it.
2: I'm going to open it up with how incredible you look, oh, considering that you. you're working from home. It's lockdown. What, what lockdown are we on? Three we
1: We've lost count, haven't we? But that's very kind, Joe. Thank you. You know, one of the weirdest things about doing this job from home at the moment is obviously not just the fact that, you know, I've got a green screen in my house, but I have to get dressed up as if I'm going to someone's wedding every day just to like <laughs> stand in my spare room or in the garden. And it's just bizarre. But
2: why, why does a weatherman or woman, have I got that right? Do you say weather woman?
1: Weather man, weather, weather girl, person? weather person.
2: I think weather legend would be nice.
1: Oh my gosh. I mean, I would love weather legend. If you're giving me that title, I will absolutely take it and run with it.
2: I'd like to see my weather person telling me or forecasting the weather in the appropriate clothing that the weather's going to be. like. I'd like to see like like wellies and umbrellas used in really bad weather. Do you know what I mean? I'd quite like to see that more. more.
0: Would the issue with this plan, Joe, be Owen would have to be in his swimming trunks in July, but also um, in a raincoat and then have one hand in a glove and the other <laughs> hand holding some sun cream.
2: I think this is less BBC and more Channel Nine Nine Eight
1: Nine Eight Nine. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah.
2: Um, surely there's a channel out there that supplies that sort of content. Can I ask you some weather myths?
0: as we start off this show. The first one I've got. Shepherds, are they bothered about red skies?
1: Well, that whole red sky at night Shepherds delight thing is actually based on something called Rayleigh scattering. So Rayleigh scattering is where you... This is why we get a red sky at night or in the morning. And essentially what this is, is when the sun is lower in the sky... It has to travel through more of the atmosphere and in doing so, it kind of scatters the more blue colours of the wavelength and the longer wavelengths, which are red, are allowed to pass through, which is why we get a red sky at night. So that is based on something, because if there is more cloud in the sky at a certain height, you're more likely to see those clouds be illuminated by the redder colours which is caused by Rayleigh scattering. So yeah, there is a little bit of truth behind that, Tom.
0: But why would shepherds in particular? like? Does this mean that shepherds want it to rain the next day?
1: They say red sky in morning shepherds warning because with this, if there are weather systems coming in from the west, for example, with us, maybe it's more likely that the clouds are illuminated by that ray scattering and therefore would appear red. And then they'd be like, Oh, I better get my herd and you know, chuck it in the shed or whatever they would do.
2: I'm not sure, I'm not sure they chuck it in sheds.
1: I don't know, <laughs> but maybe they have to protect them, don't they, from the elements.
0: Brilliant. Sheep
2: are, are quite hardy
0: creatures, aren't they? I mean, they have mm. an inbuilt fur coat.
1: True,
0: yeah. I just mm-hmm. wonder if a shepherd is the right thing. Maybe if, if it's a livestock farmer and he's looking after um, a mammal with a thinner skin, then maybe they'd be more worried about the weather. Joe, what do you think?
2: I'm just still trying to get my head around this. Shepherd's sky at night is a pie delight. What was it? Uh, red, red sky at night.
1: <laughs> red
2: sky at night. Red sky at night is a shepherd's delight. I thought it was something to do with that chocolate bar that's got jelly in it in the middle.
1: Turkish delight. Yeah,
2: is it nothing? <laughs> red wrapper at night, Turkish delight and also is it guaranteed that there's going to be a sunny day tomorrow the the following day but then what happens if it pisses it down i'm like well who's come up with these sayings i'm I'm not having it i'm not having it
1: i would say that they're not meteorologically accurate and they're not a great way of forecasting the weather (laughs) nowadays
2: let me get this right you're saying that's not a very good way to predict the weather yeah. You used a massive word. I'm going to try and say it. It's a meteorological. Have I said that? It's close
1: enough. We we can go with that. <laughs> say it again.
2: Meteorological. Meteorological.
1: Oh, I can't do it. <laughs> Was that it? Yeah, you got do it. I it? Yeah,
2: you did. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, Steve, you can cut that one. Cut out the ones I fucked up, please. <laughs> um, if that's not the best way to predict the weather, are you telling me that me looking in when I'm driving up the M25, me looking at some of these fields with a load of cows in... Yeah, They've decided to lie down or Mm -hmm. sit down. Well, no, they definitely lie down. The cows are lying down. Do cows sit down? Well, they're going all four
0: four legs. They don't just rear back, do they, with two legs up in the air?
2: Yeah, like a cat. Yeah, have you ever seen a cow sat like a cat?
0: No. But maybe we just need to give them some chairs. Like, we haven't put chairs in the fields of cows, have we? If we put some, like, lazy boy recliners, maybe we'd see some cows kicking back.
2: Absolutely, Tom. Anyway, you're telling me that cows lying down is Mm. not a guaranteed sign that they know that the weather Mm. is about to piss it down.
1: I reckon those, the cows lying down or sitting down or whatever way they might be resting. I think there might be (laughs) something in that because, you know, when we get bad weather, most of the time, that's the direct result of low pressure coming in. So when we get high pressure, imagine it's like pushing down on the surface and like keeping clouds and weather fronts away, whereas low pressure allows for things to come in. That's kind of the best way of imagining it happening, I guess. But animals are quite sensitive to changes in pressure. So, you know, if you've got low pressure coming in, the cows might, may very well know they've got like inbuilt barometers. Again, not meteorologically accurate, but I think there could be something in it.
0: What if they've just had a busy day and they're tired? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Tom, it could absolutely be that. Maybe they're just knackered and they just want a little sit down. They just want to recline, darlings. You know, they want to rest. And maybe that's so coincides with rain coming in.
2: I don't want to slag cows off too much, but <laughs> what on earth are they doing lying down, thinking that if I lie down, I'm going to get less wet? Yeah. I don't understand the principle. Why you go all oh, the weather's turning? I'm just going to lie down. Surely you'd you go all the way? I've got this sick sense in me that knows a storm's coming you'd fuck off under a tree no you wouldn't just go oh, yeah i'll just lie down here oh no, 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 no Daisy, just lie down next to me and we'll be fine why are they doing that i'm not i'm not slagging them off but that seems really
1: thick very kind of accurate bovine impression there. I loved it. <laughs> it was. Was well, it? <laughs> it was. Maybe they're trying to keep the ground dry so, you know, that their little feet that are tucked underneath them can stay dry.
0: Maybe it's about the udders. Do they like a dry udder?
1: Maybe they don't like <laughs> a damp udder.
0: Yeah. No one likes a damp udder, do they? Yeah. So, oh, God.
1: Oh, God. Oh, there's nothing worse than a moist udder. Fucking hell a wet udder. <laughs> oh.
2: Why the fuck are we talking about moist udders? No,
1: no. Did you expect this podcast to be uh, going this way? Yes.
2: Oh, God. Moist udders really, really pleases me. You were. I watched you on The Wheel. Michael McIntyre's The Wheel program the other day. Yeah. Um, And there was a question on there. You know, I'm not here to embarrass you at all in the slightest. <laughs> so I don't want to tear it up too badly. But the question was, what is the average time for um, a raindrop to fall? Yeah. And I sat there and I, when I was reading this, I went, well, well it surely it depends. That's such a crap question. Surely it depends how high the cloud is. Absolutely. Surely if there's like a really high cloud, it's going to take longer. If there's a cloud that's just above my head, it's going to hit me quicker and all that. lot. So it's a really unfair question. But I knew that. The weather person expert on that show would (laughs) obviously be able to explain all of this to me. Um, Tom, do you want to take a guess at that? How long the average time for a raindrop to fall is? Is it 10 seconds, 15 seconds, two minutes or 15 minutes?
0: I'm leaning towards one of the latter two, I think, because I mean, the clouds for the first two to come to pass, the clouds would have to be just above the height of the trees. Mm. which would be terrifying so what was the third one Joe five minutes two minutes two minutes is my answer because I think that's a long time in raindrop time I think if 15 minutes it would dissipate
1: I like the thought that went into that Joe what did you think
2: I thought it was uh 15 seconds did you because I thought I pictured myself go outside and go Oh, when it starts raining, like, how do I think? And then I I usually look at the cloud and go, oh, that's about 15 seconds away. (laughs) And I got it wrong. So I got it wrong. What did you go for? I got it wrong as
1: well, Joe, as you well know, darling. (laughs) 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 So I went for 15 minutes, right? It actually does take between two and seven minutes for a rain drop to fall. So get in. Tell them you got it. You got it, baby. Weather legend. Absolutely weather legend. How does it take between
2: two and seven minutes for a raindrop to
1: fall? Well, a raindrop forms when invisible water vapour rises, it then cools, turns into clouds, and then the water little droplets, if you like, or ice crystals bump into each other. They keep rising and falling within a cloud until they get heavy enough to fall. So my thought was, you know, it becomes a raindrop quite early, I would say. It's just then pushed about in a cloud and can go up really high. But they wanted to know at which point does it get heavy enough to fall to the ground, which is two minutes.
0: If I'm looking at the weather app on my phone, yeah, and let's say I want to know what the weather's going to be like at 12 o'clock, because I quite fancy going for a run, yeah. when it says... chance of rain. Mm. Does that mean it is going to be raining for 50% of the time at midday? Mm. Does it mean there's a 50 50 chance it might rain? Or does it mean that 50% of the area it's forecasting for will get wet?
1: You know, I've got to be honest with you, Tom. I have a problem with the percentage thing on apps because number one, it's very vague. And number two, it sometimes doesn't really give you very much in forms of what, in the terms of what you need to know, but it is essentially the likelihood of it happening. That's what that percentage is there for. You know, it's even worse when you've got snow in the forecast, which is, by the way, the hardest thing to forecast because there are so many factors. You know, people just want to know if it's going to snow, but a weather forecast is essentially like looking into, you know, Mystic Meg's crystal ball and mystic meg sometimes got those lottery answers right sometimes she got them wrong didn't she
2: in fact i thought mystic meg was someone who did something at the back of the sun she was the same she did both
1: oh, oh did she i
2: believe she did it's horoscopes in the, the sun yeah i think so and then they yeah um... i always used to read a horoscope she she used to always really get me right actually
1: so are you saying yeah. joe that mystic meg is more accurate than my weather forecasts <laughs> <laughs> i
2: am saying that i would probably trust mystic meg over a cow. Okay, go on. So cows can predict uh, a storm coming because they're really sensitive and they've got built-in barometer that protects them getting soggy udders. Moist udders, yeah. Why do we say it's raining cats and dogs? Is this anything to do
0: with medieval times where people used to throw like animal guts out of their windows? Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's Some sort of weird memories trying to get out of my head here. When you say it's raining
1: cats and dogs, it's to do with people... Lobbing cat guts out of windows. Lobbing like these yeah. septic animals over castle walls and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The the Welsh translation of that is it's raining old ladies and sticks.
2: Old ladies and sticks?
1: Are they sticks belonging to the old ladies? They're walking sticks. It's um Mein Buru Hane Ragged Arfin. Mein Buru
2: Ragged Arfen. Wonderful. So apparently this is one. <laughs> Red sky at night,
1: sailor's delight. Red sky in morning, sailors take warning. Why has it gone to sailors? I would say sailors are probably more likely to want to know what the weather is doing because they could probably die, couldn't they? Oh, right. So it's actually more important. Well, I think so. Yeah. What do you think, then, shepherds? I mean, shepherds are very important. I
2: didn't know if shepherds still existed. So Mm. I thought that was like back in um, when Jesus was born and that. (laughs) Are there still real (laughs) shepherds now? Yeah. I just thought they'd leave them to dogs. The sheep, certainly in this country, tend to be grazed at higher
0: altitudes where it's more likely to be wet. So I think most shepherds would accept as an occupational hazard that they're going to be in the rain a lot of the time. Yeah. So I think that sailors would be more bothered. Is there some element of wind here, Owen? Sailors love their wind. Is yeah, they there do in
1: sky <laughs> portend a heavy wind. Well, if if we're looking at the incoming storm, you know, and we're talking about the Rayleigh scattering that I mentioned earlier, where the sky turns red or pink. If it's low pressure and a storm, you would get stronger winds around that. So they're probably gonna be more bothered by wind than water, aren't they? I mean they're surrounded by water. They're actually moving on it. So <laughs> the wind is more of an issue for a sailor, I would say. So my next one is clear moon,
2: frost soon. I should do it in a better voice as if I'm seeing it. Oh, oh my goodness. Here, come look at this. Here, Tom, come check this out. There's a clear moon, frost soon. (laughs) Has anyone heard that one?
1: I've heard that one. Yeah, yeah. Any, Any truth? Yeah, well, if you've got a clear sky overhead, especially when it's cold, you're more likely to see temperatures dip and therefore... A frost forming because a lot of the time when you have cloud cover, if it's dense cloud in particular, you know, it, it does actually trap a little bit of heat in. And when you see clear skies, it turns colder. But of course, only in the winter. You know, that's not going to be happening in like mid July, really, in Brighton.
0: So you could flip that one round as well and have no
1: moon, fucking monsoon. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Tom, I've not heard that one, but you know what? Maybe I'll shoehorn that one into a forecast over the next couple of weeks. <laughs> if if you do, um,
2: Tom will buy you a kilo of maowams. Well, that's an incentive. Potentially lose your job or gain a kilo of maowams. Yeah,
1: I'll have to think about that one. I'll buy half a kilo just to get ready.
2: <laughs> Rain, for- Rain foretold long last. Short notice soon will pass. Ring, ring around the moon, rain real soon. <laughs> Rainbow in the morning gives you fair warning. What about that one? Warning of what? A rainbow in the morning indicates that a shower is in your near future.
0: It's a bit obvious, that Owen,
1: isn't it? I mean, the whole point of a rainbow is that it requires rain. So a lot of people ask, what's the difference between... And we'll get back to that saying in a second, Joe. I'm not shoving that to the side (laughs) indefinitely. Um, Oh, please. You, (laughs) you, In order to get like... So rain is basically non-stop or precipitation over a long space of time whereas a shower is like a short sharp burst so you're more likely to see sunny spells around a shower because of the very nature of a shower so the saying joe that you know there's a shower en route if you see a rainbow well yeah i suppose there could be some truth in that but it does depend where you are and you know where the shower is going to because showers are so localized It could miss you or it could be moving away from you and you could have already had that shower. The vibe I've got from how you've answered all of them (laughs) is that yet again, I've gone on a
2: fact finding mission of sayings Mm. and it turns out they're not facts. It's actually horse shit. Yeah. And that's definitely my fault. And I definitely need to take responsibility for it. But thank you for taking me through that anyway.
1: I really appreciate it. You know what, Joe, it's been a pleasure to go through the sayings with you. And I would say that now in the digital age of forecasting, we don't need to be relying on the old sayings as much. And they, they can't be relied on, I'm afraid.
0: Right, advert time. Uh, While we're here, we do know that Josh listens to this while out running and Andy listens while out for a walk. Josh will probably be finishing his 5K about now. He's quite quick. Josh, well done. Keep going, Andy. Go on,
2: Josh. Go on, Andy. Love that from you.
0: This episode is sponsored by Dave Southworth. Dave's favourite year was 2010, mainly because he played a lot of Modern Warfare 2 with his mates, 2010 Classic year for modern warfare too. Dave's star sign is Libra. That's the one with the scales and the other shit. We're also sponsored by Alex Myatt, a man who is rather enjoying not having to commute to London from East Sussex every day. Alex likes scrambled eggs, and he once saw Joe outside a supermarket. And we're sponsored too by Matt Williams. Matt's duvet is a 4.5 tog, and his favourite vegetable is a turnip. To be more like Dave, Alex and Matt, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Show and grow the show.
2: Well, it's a quiz, but this time it's a podcast. Yes! Woo. With me, Mikita Oliver.
1: I was going to go with that at first, you know, I really was. I love a quiz. I'm nervous. Oh How many edges does a 20p have?
0: Ugh
2: oh my gosh oh my
0: god i'm doing so badly
2: we will quiz we will chat and then we will repeat forever just search quiz chat repeat in your podcast app Right, those were the ads i've got some scenarios i'd like to run through if that's okay tom joe you go for it what about this uh, old story i heard that there was this. There was this old man once. There was, no, there was these. There was these. It's this very well-known story. There was these brothers, <laughs> um, and they they were in the house one day, and okay. they went, "I'm going to go down the shop and get the paper." And the the other brother said, "Yeah, I'm I'm going to do that too." Oh, this story. And He said, "No, no, I want to <laughs> do it first. And they so they both said, "Okay, well, I'm going to go down the left hand side of the road." Yeah, and you're going to go down the right hand side of the road. And okay, fine. And this story where you've got, um, let's go with uh, Tom, brother Tom and brother Joe. (laughs) Sound like monks. Um, They're walking down the the street. They're going to the the shop that sells the paper, the paper shop. And um, Joe gets really, really wet because it's raining on his side of the road mm. and Tom doesn't get wet at all because it's not raining on his side of the road. They come back home and Joe's paper's like dripping wet everywhere. He's got really moist, soggy udders. Oh, no,
1: <laughs> not a moist udder. And Tom
2: is bone dry, smug as you like. You're quite accurate the way he's uh,
1: <laughs> smiling at me now. Um, is there any truth to that factual story? Well... <laughs> I would say that if you're talking about a road, you know, and you're like, Brother Joe is this side and Brother Tom is on that side, I think it's very unlikely that you're going to see wildly different weather patterns or even something like rain on one side of the road and not on the other. So I would say, no, that's not possible. So
2: what is the length then? What is the, what is the length that you can go, oh, there is a bit of rain over there, but why is it not raining here?
1: You can definitely see that in a town. You know, showers can be kind of hyper-local. So they can come and they can go and you could be just down the road, essentially, a couple of miles away and it'll be completely dry. But when you've got showers in the forecast, This is why a lot of the time lines need to be blurred a bit because you can see a shower on one side of the city and not on the other, but not, I would say, not on the road. There's
2: no truth to the story about the brothers, Brother Joe and Brother Tom, the the Tom and Joe brothers. No,
1: I I think unless someone is like tipping buckets of water out of their house on one side of the road onto Brother Joe and Brother Tom is looking (laughs) smug and dry on the other side of the road... I don't think it's likely that you're going to get a shower that's that localised exclusively over Brother Joe. I'm guessing that's what happened then.
0: Let's say, a very rare instance, you've got a forecast wrong and it might appear online somewhere um, on the BBC, wherever it might be. Are you ever tempted, when you look out the window and think, shit, I've got this wrong,
1: just to pop back in? And redo it, yeah. Just redo it? I've got to be honest with you, Tom. There have been times where I've done a forecast and in some areas... It's maybe turned out differently and I've worried about it so much, you know, and people send me messages sometimes and are like, oh, hi, Owen, my sister is getting married on Saturday. Please tell me that it's going to be sunny and it's like, you know, the Monday, two Mondays before. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, that's just way too far in advance to be able to tell you accurately what's going to happen. Do people actually get stuck into do they? Yeah, people do. And I kind of get it, to be honest, Joe, because you expect the weather forecast to be right. You know, that's what we aim for, accuracy. And that weather forecast being what you want it to be, which is right. But... Sometimes people don't listen to it. And I'm like, you didn't say it was going to rain. And I'm like, (laughs) darling, I did. Did you not listen to my forecast, darling? 30% chance of rain. That means (laughs) that it could be raining for 30% of the time or in 30% of the area, or there'd be 30% chance that you individually would get wet. But yeah, people do, you know, have a go. And I totally get it. I totally get it. Because, unfortunately, sometimes the detail on a forecast will change. So... That is that. That's how it works. What about beef, Owen,
0: between weather presenters and news presenters? So there is an amazing clip, Joe, I don't know if you've seen this, from BBC News where Thomas Schaffernacher is uh, giving a distinctive hand gesture to the news anchor and the camera switches to him a little bit earlier and he has to pretend he's scratching his chin with two fingers.
2: Can we just appreciate Thomas Schaffernacher's name?
1: Yeah, great, isn't it? Shafanaka. Thomas Shafanaka. Mm. Thomas Shafanaka. Oh, sorry. Please carry on. Thomas Shafanaka is an absolute darling. I aren't going to comment specifically on that clip that you're referring to, you two. (laughs) It's a beauty though, isn't it? (laughs) what What I can say is that news presenters and weather presenters always have a great relationship because... You're working with these people and the news has been pretty crap <laughs> over the past 12 months and more. And it's often that time in a programme where you get to the sport to get to the weather where you can have a laugh. So that was Thomas Schaffernacker's cock up
2: that you haven't commented on. Only me and Tom have commented on, which mm-hmm. is fine. What about your own mistakes?
1: Have you Have you made mistakes live or? One thing that for some reason producers love doing is putting a weather presenter, like, in the weather. So with a beast from the east, for example, it's like, oh, great, the beast from the east is coming, darlings. Oh, I get on top of a mountain. I want to see you in that (laughs) snow and I want to see a (laughs) blizzard running through your hair. Things like that have happened where I'm on top of a mountain and it's snowing and I don't know what the hell is going on and I can't hear anyone. But I haven't had any, like, catastrophic on-air disasters. I've got to be honest with you. And that sounds really boring, doesn't it? It's really upsetting. But how, how on earth have you not
2: made so many mistakes when you can't see the map, can you? You can't see no. the map that you're trying to do. So how are you not cocking up by pointing at uh, Newcastle when you
1: should be pointing at uh, Wrexham? Yeah. Uh, do you practice? Yeah, I think I've just got used to knowing where things are. You know, I get used to knowing if I put my hand here, this is Cumbria or the Isle of Man, and if I put my hand there, it's like the Midlands. Right. Let's talk, let's
0: let's do a practical version of that, Owen. So okay. I'm going to give you a different body part, and you have to tell me which part of the <laughs> British Isles that equates to.
1: Okay. I'm I'm standing next to the British Isles. Okay. Yeah. Left hip is. Col- uh, um, it's probably going to be like Aberystwyth. <laughs> Shoulder. Shoulder. Let's say. Um, Cumbria, stroke, the Scottish borders, you know, we're moving up towards Scotland if I'm that scale up next to the map. Your left arm is now out to the side at two o'clock. Two o'clock. So completely outwards and upwards a little bit. Yeah, fully extended Um, two o'clock. Aberdeenshire, (laughs) I'd say. (laughs) Is it a
0: problem for a weather forecaster then if you've got slightly shorter arms than most people, would you never cover Norwich?
1: Yeah, there's a lot more moving around, I would say, Tom. It gets a bit more physical then, you know. I've got to mince over and point at Norwich. Whereas (laughs) if I've got a really long arm or like a pointer, maybe we can bring back the pointer. I can probably just point lazily at Norwich using my (laughs) pointer. (laughs) There's
2: so much in me that really wants to apply for the job who's in control of what you put on the green screen.
1: (laughs) I'm sure you
2: would. I want to be a weather production operator. I want to be that person. Are,
0: are there certain place names that all weather presenters are aware that if you were to leave your hand over them, then it would spell something obscene? There are
1: loads of there are loads of towns in the UK where that is the case. Like there are, I'm not going to say any, but there Go are. On. No, there are loads. Of <laughs> where is it? Although we wouldn't have Cumbria on the map, where you know. The, like, Listen, all you're going to do is Google rude UK names. And all you have to do is cover a little bit of that name for it to suddenly be obscene. But <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, guys. Last year, there was a, oh, I can't remember. It was like somewhere in the southeast of England, where there was a shower. And the shower looked very phallic shall we say it was it it was a very interesting shape just google it you'll find it things like that do happen but a lot of the time you would have to literally like take a freeze frame of a weather map where a hand is covering a name or a shower has formed into this shape for it to be you know you wouldn't get a weather forecast where it's all rude all the way through
0: do people, for example, you know, you are from West Wales, I believe. Do some people who are in even wester Wales than you are from in Ammonford, mm. say people in Fishguard? Do you ever get irate emails from them saying you've covered Fishguard with your arse?
1: All the time.
0: Hang
2: on, are these real places? Yeah, Fishguard, Fishguard's Fishguard, Fishguard. Yeah, Fishguard. And where was the other one you said, Tom? <laughs> Ammanford. It's where it's where uh,
0: Shane Williams is from, as well as oh, I yeah. believe, isn't it? Is that correct? Ammonford and Fishguard.
1: Yeah. Real places, I'm Joe. Have to real this. places. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. Carry on. Uh, yes, people do get in touch, Tom. And they're like, the Isle of Man is often like next to my shoulder there when we're on the zoomed in view. And it doesn't take very much to cover parts of the Isle of Man. And we do the forecast for the Isle of Man. So, of course, the people on the Isle of Man want to know what the weather's doing there. And if I'm <laughs> stood in front of it, well, they're going to be fuming. So, that does happen. Yes, I've blocked the Heen Peninsula a couple of times as well.
2: So that does happen. Yeah, totally. I want to talk about all these funny words that you've made up in terms of fish <laughs> guard and uh, abo- abo- Yeah and stuff like that. But that moves me nicely onto clouds. Okay. I Love really, a cloud. really. Who, who on earth is coming up with all these cloud types? And then tell me these are real. Please tell me these are real. Okay, go on. Go on. Kiros. Kiros. Cirrostratus,
1: cirrostratus, <laughs> Yes. Oh, cirrostratus. Ciro- Your sound Italian. Cirostratus. Cirostratus. It was very Italian. I'll say
2: them. You give me the shape. Okay. So, autocumulus. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this comes up a lot in the weather. <laughs> autocumulus. <laughs> oh, oh my God.
1: Autocumulus. Yes. So, do you want me to go for cirrostratus first yeah go with cirrostratus shape please okay so cirrus clouds which cirrostratus is a part of are high level clouds and a cirrostratus would be quite a thin wispy cloud but also like one piece a lot of the time not like dotty here and there like a cirrocumulus for example so like the front of
2: my hair very wispy (laughs) and you know
1: like (laughs) high (laughs) thin just like that Um, just like
2: that Cum 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 cumulominibus Cumulonimbus Cumulolimbus Cumulalimbus Cumulonimbus
1: Cumulolimbus C- it's a na Cumulonimbus Cumulonimbus. Oh there we go <laughs> Perfect, darling. Perfect. So yes, cumulonimbus is a very high cloud. It is a thunderstorm cloud, essentially. So you see them towering up in the sky. They're often called, they, they've got like an anvil shape at the top a lot of the time. So that is a cumulonimbus cloud.
0: When we talk about clouds, I find myself thinking of Joni Mitchell, who wrote a song called Both Sides Now, which is all about clouds as a metaphor for love and
2: life. Is it actually...
0: Yeah, the opening lines go, rows and flows of angel hair and ice cream castles in the air and feather canyons everywhere. I've looked at clouds that way, but now they only block the sun. They rain and snow on everyone. So many things I would have done, but clouds got in the way.
2: Oh, my God. This has blown my mind on one of my favourite songs. I I cry to that song a lot, especially when fucking Alan Rickman, Judas Emma Thompson like she was there thinking, Oh, I'm going to get the necklace, um, in love actually. And then he goes, Oh, you got me Joni Mitchell's album. She goes upstairs and she puts it on and both sides now comes on and she stands there and she's crying. She's heartbroken. She's absolutely heartbroken. And it's some of the finest acting I've seen in terms of, I know it's in love actually. And people may look at this and go, (laughs) you're an idiot. But honestly, it moved me. She's just lovely. I just love her. And, um, I've realised now what the fuck we're talking about. I'm sorry. Um,
0: <laughs> could you could you conclude this section by singing both sides now for us, Joe? Yeah, that would be lovely.
2: I looked at love on both sides now A give and take And still somehow fuck are you making me do all the time? (laughs) Why do you
1: keep making me do
2: stuff? I don't (laughs) want to do it anymore.
1: Can I say, Joe, that was an absolutely spectacular falsetto (laughs) as well. It was gorgeous. Loved
2: it. You're a pair of wankers. You've absolutely fucking stitched me up can i just go through some of britain's uh, rudest place names that we can then get back oh god no get back thing so um you've got to try and guess where these places are and these are all real okay um (laughs) 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 where's bitchfield are you sure it's not birchfield no it's bitchfield it's in lincolnshire okay um okay what about cox where's cox (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um That's in Cornwall. That's Cox is in Cornwall. It? Cox in Cornwall. Okay. I'll have to visit. Oh, I like this more subtle one. Yeah, I like this one. This more subtle one. Lower Swell.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> lower, lower Swell in Gloucestershire. Netherthong. Netherthong nether in thong. Yorkshire is really good. Did you say Leatherthong? No, Netherthong and you've got a thong up your nether
1: regions. But there's also an upper thong, FYI. Oh, where's that? Upper thong is in Yorkshire. Oh. Yeah. This is bollocks I've just found.
2: This is ridiculous. <laughs> I've just found Beaver Close. <laughs> um, in, That's not a place name. That's a street name. These are just made up, or Bellend in Worcestershire. <laughs> I'd, what I'd give to live in some of these places. There's Licky End. There's what?
0: There's a place in Worcestershire called Licky End. Is there? Yeah, it's by the Licky Hills. <laughs> Shh.
2: Great. I prefer Shitterton. Shitterton. Where's Shitterton? Or Sheepy Parther, or the River Piddle, or Piddle Valley. <laughs> Or Cockermouth. Cockermouth. Oh, this is wonderful. We've got (laughs) Cockermouth.
1: We've got Cockermouth in Cumbria. I've heard of that, actually. I've heard of Cockermouth.
2: I'm so sorry that we've brought you on to just talk about really (laughs) stupid place names.
1: I Um, have thoroughly enjoyed talking about the city place names. You don't need to apologise. And every day is a school day, you two. It is definitely a school day. Can you just give me a bit of chat
2: on why storms are named the names that they are? Do you know anything about that? What was the latest storm that we had?
1: So storms are named now by the Met Office when essentially they get to a a level of like, you know, seriousness, if you like. They're severe enough to be causing a problem. And the reason they're named is because it makes it easier for people at home to know that they're coming or remember them as well. So essentially, if a storm has got a name, you're more likely to hear about it and more likely to remember it. And therefore, it's more likely to sort of sink in. So I was watching a guide dog programme the other night and... Um, of course you were. Their batch. <laughs> what do you mean, because
2: I was? Well, it sounds interesting. Every day's, every day's a learning day. Yeah. So I wanted you to learn <laughs> about guide dogs. And this batch of five Labradors, it was the P batch. So all of them had to be named with the letter P. There was Phil. They came up with Phil,
1: the dog. That's a bad dog name. Well, how do they do that for storms? So people write in and they say, I want to submit my name, Owain, as a storm, would you please include it? And then they sort of randomly select them. And that is how storms are named. They tend to be people's names. Have you got the address for the Met Office? um... Yeah, it's go to metoffice.gov.uk.
2: Okay, yeah. And I can just write in as many times. It doesn't just have to be once.
1: (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't spam the Met Office with (laughs) store names. They open up the kind of, they open up the lines, if you like, and they say, oh, we're taking submissions now. So they don't do it all the time because they've already set the names for 2021, sadly. What
0: would you go for, Joe? If you could get through to the Met Office right now, and I hope, Owen, that you might facilitate this after the show uh, recording finishes, What three names, Joe, (laughs) would you particularly like to hear?
2: I'd like, my my favourite drink is a Dark and Stormy. So, but that's kind of, you can't have Storm Dark and
1: Stormy, can you? (laughs) No, but it, it sounds okay. good. It could work. Do they have to be people's names? Yeah, right? I think they do have to be people's names as opposed to things.
0: Could you have Storm Daisy? Would Daisy enjoy that, Joe? Would she take that as?
2: I've got Storm Daisy every day, mate. <laughs> Homeschooling at the minute, so I don't need to do that. I don't need to have that.
0: What would Storm Joe be like? Would it be a, a brutal storm that uprooted trees, or a mighty <laughs> rain that washed away the pain?
2: It would be a calm, slightly cold, and breezy at times energy that just casually passes through nice and then occasionally occasionally there'll be some form of hurricane or lightning strike that lasts only for 30 seconds because that's usually what storm joe does and then just ends
0: i'll be the newscaster um, okay passing to you okay sounds good Uh,
1: More headlines in a moment, but first we're going to have some weather from Owen Wynne Evans. Owen. Thank you very much. Yes, and I've got news of an incoming storm, everyone. It's Storm Joe, but fear not. um, It is incoming and it is going to cause some turbulent weather, but only for very short periods of time. But mostly it'll be very calm. Your chakras will be aligned as Storm Joe comes in. It'll introduce a calming feel throughout with the odd thunderbolt and the odd hurricane. So, you know, they don't sound very nice, but otherwise... Some lovely quiet weather to come, thanks to Storm Joe.
2: That is a is a very unique storm.
1: Yes, I've never experienced anything like Storm Joe. That brings both calm weather, is calming in itself, but there are the risk of kind of you know thunderstorms and hurricanes for a short period of time. <laughs> Tom, there was a
2: there was a bit of me that was uh, slightly concerned that we wouldn't get a lot of chat out of talking about the weather, but a wine has managed to completely blow me out of the water see what i've done there blow and water it's all weather blow me out of the water and really spun me round like a tornado
1: absolutely joe tom it has been an absolute pleasure thank you for having me on and let me know you know if i can give you a highly accurate weather forecast i'm always here what about you tom did you like it i did enjoy i do like a bit of weather joe i do like a bit of weather
0: man who spends a lot of time outdoors i like to uh One of the first things I check in the morning, and that's why I don't have many friends. Um, If you do want to support the show, search for Joe Marliss Show on Patreon. Sign yourself up over there for extra content. If you want another podcast to listen to, I would like to recommend We Didn't Start the Fire. That is Crowd's new history podcast inspired by the lyrics of Billy Joel. The first couple of episodes are out now. They cover the former US President Harry Truman and the actress Doris Day, who apparently, Joe, had her own radio show, the Doris Day Show. Not so different to you. Just search for We Didn't Start the Fire in your podcast app.
2: Did you just make a comparison between me and Doris Day? Yes, she weighed as much as one of your legs. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. it Who's on our next episode? It's a lawyer. Law, yeah, yeah. What is it good for? Keeping all the justice.
0: Sing it again.
2: Law, yeah, whoo. What is it good for? Hmm. Sorry. You've got enough there, Steve, you can use on that one. Cheers.
1: Crowd Network. A place where you belong.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.